Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dollcast, a breaking news edition of the Junkyard Dollcast. We've got the whole crew with us on this Monday afternoon, Kip Adams and Benjamin Wolf, to talk a little bit about injury news and not injury news that Georgia was wanting. Uh, Georgia let us know earlier Monday morning that Brock Bowers sustained a high ankle sprain during the Vanderbilt game on Saturday. Surgery will be required. And uh, according to the press release that Georgia sent, full recovery is anticipated. Obviously, a huge blow for Georgia, um, you know, seeing that injury happen. Uh, you know, I'll kind of go through what we saw on Saturday. You know, he goes down on a reverse. And at first, you know, I thought it was serious because he kind of he, he lingered down for a minute. Then he popped up and, you know, Kip, you and I were texting at first. I was like, hey, get something ready. Well, then he kind of walked off and I thought he looked OK, you know, not not 100 percent. I was like, ah, you know, just keep an eye out. And and Ben, you were there. You can kind of talk about this as well. I, I really didn't have concern about the injury, you know, looking forward until he came out of the tent and he started walking toward uh, under the stadium and uh, he had a, like a staffer sort of supporting his left side. And that's sort of when I was like, oh, this, this is not good. Um, ben, what did you think when that injury happened, just what you were able to see? Yeah, well, what I saw was immediately after the play, he had started to limp it out a little bit, I think trying to work his way back toward the sideline. And then he realized that it was a little more significant than he thought it was. So he went down. And I mean, Kirby Smart, obviously, is he's made a practice this year of being out there for all injuries. Like he is one of the he's out there with the training staff. But you could tell, obviously, there was a pretty sense of urgency there because you're not seeing Brock Bowers go down very often. Um I thought when he walked it off on the sideline, he I think it might have been Ja'Cory Thomas. It was one of the defensive backs when they were in the huddle. He made some kind of gesture to, and they slapped hands, and you could tell he was visibly frustrated, so I knew that he was hurt. But to your point, the way that he walked out to the tent, I didn't expect it to be as significant as it was until he was being helped out and sort of leaning on training staff to get out of the stadium, which, again, I don't want to harp on this too much in this, but probably the worst possible place to have to deal with that kind of injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, obviously this is going to we'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But just it's going to have significant implications for Georgia's season. Kip, just what was your immediate reaction watching it on TV and, and sort of what trickled out as Saturday went along? I mean, it was a collective gasp. Um, you know, the the initial reaction was. Georgia's best foot player, it, you know, is it, now hurt. And this is that situation where even though you, you've kind of seen it happen with this program, I guess basically now three years in a row, you still just – you hate that for Brock. And I guess, that, you know, that that broad view of it is, uh, you know, he was having a Heisman-type season. And, and so to see him go down and know that, you know, if this is significant, then – for him, those individual goals are, are now probably out the window. You know, you, you just hate to see it. Um, I mean, this is a, a, a Vandy game that, like every game, Georgia was favored heavily, was closer than it should be, but never really in danger. So you don't didn't really have a, you know, a, a reaction that you know this was going to affect this specific game. But yeah, you're already looking toward the schedule. Uh, just like fans are as a writer, you want to see what the impact this has on Georgia's season. So that that's kind of where it went. But initially, it just you just hate it for Brock Bowers because you know that 
he's just one of those got rare uh, players that just has that self-drive and that motivation, just like the coaching staff said, as soon as he got to Georgia. Uh, I mean, they basically – he was already self-coaching and, and pushing himself to be the best player in college football. So, yeah, you just hate that for him because you know how hard he's worked for this. I'll, uh, I'll be honest. I did. I did. Sorry to cut you off there, Jordan, because this is the least important thing to cut you off for on this. But I'll be honest when a week ago when Drake was wearing the Georgia jacket and everyone was making Drake curse jokes, I did not imagine that it could have, this was not, this was not in my sphere of how bad it could have been. So this is a uh, very unfortunate. And obviously I think, you know, it goes without saying thoughts are with Brock. I mean, having a historic type of season, obviously historic type of career, it's sort of crummy that this is how his last regular season sort of wrapping up. Definitely. And, you know, to see him in that moment when he kind of punched the turf, you know, I think he kind of knew that that something was up. Um, I think the thing that everyone's going to want to know is timetable with this yeah, we don't know for sure. All indications are that it's going to be a tightrope ankle surgery that he's going to undergo. Um, how long he's going to be out, you know, do not take medical advice from Dogs 24-7's Junkyard Dogcast. I'm just going to throw that out there. Ben, I think you could have probably, you know, you look like you probably have some good medical advice. I don't I don't know about Kip, Kip and me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say for sure, and people are going to measure Brock compared to other players who have had this surgery. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like at least he's going to miss at least three or four weeks and it's going to be a situation, you know, we're going to talk to Kirby smart on Tuesday night. He's probably not going to give a timetable and, and it's kind of weird if it is this tightrope ankle surgery, you know, they've had a bunch of players who have had to have this. And right now Marius Mims is in the middle of coming back from this. And Kirby has been very, clear about not wanting to give a timetable and say, you know, basically he's on pace. Um, but Kip, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. It's hard to get a feel for what you can even say for a timetable because on one side it is Brock Bowers and we know what kind of freak he is, but two, that's a big guy. And, and you know, we talk about the ankle and, you know, you got to be smart about when he comes along and when he is able to come back into the games. Yeah. I mean, I did not plan on, uh, watching surgery videos this morning but you know having having watched some i can i can definitely say that uh you know i'm a lot more uh knowledgeable of uh tightrope surgery to, than i ever thought i would be and what it kind of tells me is that this was probably a pretty severe ankle sprain uh, you know you don't have surgery on a grade one or usually even a grade two and, and so uh, I mean, from what I've learned, you have tightrope surgery because you want to get to the field quicker than you would through just rest and, and uh, you know, just strength, strengthening exercises and physical therapy. So if you're going to take a positive from this, you could take it uh, to mean, I mean, Brock wants to come back and play, which is something that should surprise no one out there. Uh, you know, he is trying to get back on the field and play this season. It's not an injury that's going to affect his draft stock regardless. If he comes back and has a similar in injury, it's not going to affect, you know, like combine or anything like that, although he doesn't have anything to prove anymore at this point. But, you know, uh, from what I, I've seen from it, it's something where you're trying to take what could be six to eight weeks and potentially get it you know down to three to four weeks but you have to take the caveat where everyone's trying to compare this to other recoveries is that brock bowers at 6'3 245 pounds 250 pounds whatever uh puts a tremendous amount of, of weight and force on that ankle 
And that's going to be the, the real telling point here is how well he's able to do that in three to four weeks. And yeah, even with the Marius Mims, you're looking at a, you know, a guy that is a large human being and it's been what a, a calendar uh, month, I think since he, he had surgery and we're looking at the possibility of him maybe being ready for Florida. So with him, we're, what we're looking at, what five, five to maybe six weeks for Marius Mims if he comes back and plays against Florida. Uh, I think that's something that you have to take into consideration is that Georgia's not going to rush him back to the field, even though he's probably going to try to and ask them to because he wants to get out there and play, especially in a game like, uh, you know, Florida, Missouri, the games are coming up. But, yeah, I think we're, we're looking at something that was probably two months and he's trying to get it down to one month. So I, I, there's a positive there. The surgery is a positive. It helps him get back to the field earlier. Definitely. And Georgia is going to keep his best interests in mind when it comes to working him back and making sure he comes back at the right time. Uh, another question that I think needs to be posed at this point, and I'll start with you, Ben. How does Brock missing whatever amount of time he winds up missing? Does it change the trajectory for Georgia, in your opinion? Do, do, do you think um, that anything changes as far as what Georgia is trying to accomplish and what they're able to accomplish over these next couple months, knowing that number 19 is probably not going to be out there for several of those games? I think it probably makes Georgia feel a little bit more human, is how I would describe it. I mean, if you look at how – I think most people listening to this would probably agree they've seemed a little bit more gettable this year in general. And then you look at who is the guy that we, Georgia turns to when things get tough. You look late in the Auburn game, like who is the guy that is sort of Georgia's go-to guy, the guy that is being mentioned in the Heisman conversation, the guy that everybody nationally feels is the best player at his position. When you have that guy you can turn to, I think it gives you a sense of confidence, even if you feel a little bit more gettable than you have in the past. Without having him to turn to, I think it becomes, who do you now turn to? And I think that it's not that I think it changes the trajectory for me yet. I just am uncertain to see what that recipe is going to look like. I still think Georgia has all of the tools necessary to get to Atlanta, to win in Atlanta. You know, again, based on how these timelines are going, it, you know, I would be surprised if Georgia was able to run the table and win in Atlanta that Brock would not be available for the playoffs. Again, that is don't take medical advice from dogs 24 seven, but that's just my assumption based on what we've seen. Um, you know, I think that that would ultimately not really change Georgia's trajectory. But again, I think that this four game stretch that we're about to watch Georgia play, I'm not a hundred percent sure what Georgia is, who Georgia is going to lean on, what the offense is going to look like. How is it going to change personnel groupings and things like that? Are there other guys that are going to need to step up? I mean, I think we're going to find all of that out pretty quickly. And um, I'd also just this, I just got a text about this, but it just occurs to me that Brock Bowers is very likely never to play another game in Sanford stadium. And that's just a really, uh, a really bummer of a thought to have. So sorry to bring a podcast even further down. That was already probably a little bit down. Yeah. Th thanks so much, Ben. I'm sure everybody really appreciated that note. Uh, Kip, what do you make uh, of this team without Brock? And, and if it changes what you think they are capable of doing uh, in this next month or so. I don't think it changes at all what George is capable of doing. What it does is it lowers the margin for error. I mean, it it puts a lot more pressure on aspects of this team that, where we've kind of saw this team sleepwalk through all but one of its football games this year. 
we've been saying, well, they'll have to play better in these tougher games. And what Brock's injury does is it forces them to, again, self-scout a lot more aggressively and find out, can we actually wake up these units that have not performed their capabilities? I mean, it's across the board. Now the defense has to play a lot better. You can't just, you know, give up touchdowns in the red zone and on the reverse side, just, you know, uh, switch out touchdowns for field goals in the red zone and be able to get away with it. Uh, you know, at Tennessee. I mean, that game right there is one. And then now we're, we're seeing that Missouri might have, you know, uh, one of the top two quarterbacks in, in the conference now, a guy that can just pick you apart. And that's been that recipe for, does that, you know, success against Georgia's defense is, is having, you know, elite quarterback play. And I, I mean, Missouri's getting outstanding uh, quarterback play right now. And I, so that right there, tells you that your defense is going to have to really step up and start affecting the quarterback so that if your offense takes even a small step backwards when the best player in the country is gone, you're able to, to step up and handle it. So, uh, you know, overall, this Georgia team, you know, is talented enough to win all of its games in the regular season without Brock Bowers. But, man, they're going to have to grow up and grow up quickly because we can't sit here and say they've got some young guys. Uh, this is the part of the season where those guys aren't freshmen anymore. They're not second-year players anymore. You've played enough football to where it's time to find out what you can actually do. So they need to look at this as an opportunity, uh, you know, a chance for them to really prove themselves when everyone's saying, uh, you know, Georgia's a one-player team. Uh, and, and so I think we, we've we seen other programs, when players are hurt, it becomes an excuse uh, for Georgia. Uh, it, it should be a, a reason for, for them to, to step up in the moment and and really, you know, make a name for themselves. What what teams are those, Kit? I don't know. I mean, I, I I've, people are talking. I've talked about it. Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I stay focused just on the on the team that we cover. Of course. Um, so I'm not really an excuse maker. I'm not really one that believes in that. I, I think that, uh, you know, you have elite players, but you, you build a roster full of them and you, you should be able to get things done regardless of, of one or two injuries. And I think that's probably the mindset Georgia has. Kip uh, just keeps his eye on what's ahead and he's got a lot of respect for bye week and uh, everything that they bring to the table. <laughs> Um, I, I just want to mention just sort of all my thoughts on losing Brock. I, I think that you're okay going through the regular season without out Brock Bowers. Kip mentioned the Tennessee game. I have a lot of intrigue about that Ole Miss game that's going to be in Athens. I think that that could wind up being a shootout. And you know what would be very useful in a shootout is number 19. And so not having him if he is not available for that game, I believe that's like the second week in November. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be coming into question if he would be available. Um, and, and, you know, I'll just be honest. If he is not able to play in the playoff, if Georgia were to make it, I don't see Georgia going to the national title game. I, I think that they are just so vulnerable. Um, we've seen them start slow. We've seen the defense, as Kip talked about. You know, if you do not have that superstar, uh, I have a lot of questions. And so it, it's going to be – Something that we are going to follow along with all the games is just seeing what kind of updates we get about Brock Bowers uh, over these next few weeks because um, he's Georgia's best player. I don't think that's a very controversial statement to make. And uh, without him, they are lesser. It's going to be just a situation where they're going to have to see if they can make the most of it. 
take a quick break, come back, just give a few final thoughts on the Brock Bauer situation and what we expect to see from Georgia next. Welcome back, everybody. So the question now for Georgia is who's up next, who steps up? I was going to pull a comment from YouTube. Eric Stewart says, time to unleash loss and lucky, question mark, question mark. They've got three scholarship tight ends now with Brock Bowers' unavailable sophomore Oscar Delp and true freshman Lawson Lucky along with Pierce Sperlin. I'm going to start with you, Kip. Who is the guy that needs to step up? It doesn't necessarily got to be at tight end, just in general. With Brock Bowers out, who is one guy you think really has to step up in these upcoming games? Yeah, I mean, I know the, the initial reaction is just to look at the next tight end, but to be honest, Oscar Depp was already playing a lot of snaps. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the Kentucky game, he played uh, 34 snaps um, and obviously played a, a lot more snaps after Brock went down. But, yeah, I mean, he's already played a lot, a lot this season. I'm not really thinking that, you know, they're going to really change much with him out there. But as far as stepping up, it's it's – what I saw in that Vanderbilt game and it's Dominic Lovett. Uh, I, I think, you know, he had like eight or nine catches for like 80 yards after Brock Bowers went down. So you, and you automatically look at this and say, well, without that, you know, additional practice time, Carson Beck's, you know, first just reaction was to start giving the ball to Dominic Lovett. That was his, his instincts out there. And that could change with practice. I mean, getting Lab McConkey back, healthy you know it's probably going to help but I, I think you just look and see what his instincts were that was the next guy that he trusted in those situations to make plays and I, I think that you know love it is really starting to come on strong as are a lot of pass catchers and, and they're starting to spread the ball out more and I, I think this receiver group is 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 really become you know, the strength of the team that we thought it was going to be heading into the season. We talked about maybe there wouldn't be as many two tight end sets this season. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of uh, showed out so far. They don't really run a, a lot of uh, 12 personnel right now. Uh, so uh, I think, again, Dominic Lovett being that number one receiver stepping up uh, when they need him most, I, I think he's going to be clutch for this team over the next couple of games. You know, you consider it, there, there's never a good time to have an injury of this magnitude, but the fact they get a bye week to have that extra time to sort of figure things out on offense, it's as good as you can have in these circumstances. Ben, how about you? Who is a player that you feel like needs to step up with the fact that Brock is going to be unavailable? For sure. Well, as an extension off of what Kip said, I just think this is an opportunity in general for the receiving core. We, there's been a lot of narratives for a long time about Georgia's receiving core. And even this year, because of how good of a football player Brock Bowers is, you have no choice but to use him. There are, you know, still these narratives about Georgia and the tight end position versus the receiving core. And I think that this is an opportunity for the receiving core to show to everybody, but also to future recruits as well. Like th this is not a, I mean, the cupboard is not bare at Georgia at receiver right now. There's a lot of playmakers that have the opportunity to make plays, but all of that to say for me, and this is the super simple answer, Carson Beck, we've seen him take steps over the last few weeks. Obviously he had some sloppy moments over the course of the Vanderbilt game, but I think now that the guy who I think of Brock Bowers in that offensive room, as he's the guy that now that he's not there, they need someone to really step up and prove that they are 
the guy in that room. And I think that Carson Beck has the composure. I think that he has the belief from the rest of the guys in that room to be who they want him to be. But I think now with Brock Bowers gone, he really needs to step up, especially over this, you know, four week stretch. They really need him to step up and prove that he's someone that could be in the Heisman conversation at the end of the year. You know, I think that there's obviously a lot that he has to do statistically to get there, but I think that this four week stretch will be big for him to prove that he should be in that conversation. You guys have hit a lot of the names that I would have said. Um, Lab McConkey that Kip mentioned, Carson Beck. I'll throw one that I think some people may not really think about, but Monroe Freeling, playing right tackle. You know, we don't know how soon Xavier trusts it. You know, Brock Bowers gets hurt, and then we all kind of lose sight of a few plays later, you're starting right tackle, who had already been moved. He gets hurt. Monroe Freeling had to play right tackle. We don't know how long Amarius Mims is going to be out. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that you – you sort of lose sight when you watch Brock Bowers make these one-handed catches and, and do all these crazy things that he is a hellacious run blocker. And I think it's a concern that is still relevant for Georgia right now is running the football and run blocking. Uh, you know, Kendall Milton got hurt on Saturday. That's another blow to that running back room. They've got to be able to run the ball really well in these upcoming weeks, especially without Brock Bowers. I think Monroe Freeling's going to be counted on to do a lot. You know, you got to see two Oscar Delp, who I think is the obvious answer of those tight ends who you would say needs to step up. But he's got to step up as a blocker because Brock was just someone you could count on to make room, give the running back additional space. Um, that that run game's really going to come into question these next few weeks without Brock available. And you need to see a true freshman, you know, a guy that was playing high school football getting ready for the playoffs this time last year. He's going to have to step up with uh, Xavier Trust beat up. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're if you're Bobo, uh, you, you maybe you start leaning on Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, and these outside receivers a little bit more to uh, to step up. Even a guy like you know Jackson Meeks, uh, guys that are physical, so that you can get that inside uh, zone going with with your offensive tackles, your offensive line, but also the perimeter blocking is is going to be key. And I think that's something that. You know, that's what Bobo has to to look and see which which of my guys can can block well on the perimeter and and allow, you know, some running lanes to, to open for for Dejon Edwards and you know whoever's uh, running, running the ball back there. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a huge aspect during this this bye week is uh, they're going to ask this wide receiving core to, to do a lot more than they've ever had to do. And that's the position everyone wants to see all the action from. But they also have to remember their responsibility, you know, uh, as run blockers, because uh, if they don't have balance out there, then they become predictable. And if they, you know, the last thing any fan wants to see is a, a predictable offense, because that's, that's when people start yelling at their TV and, and, and wondering, you know, why, why Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator, even though Georgia leads the SEC in, in passing yards right now. What a, what a great stat drop there, Kip. Um, I think we're ready to wrap this episode up. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Ben. Any final thoughts on this injury situation? Anything to look for going forward? I mean, I guess I know we don't want to compare, you know, one player to another, but we have seen Lawson Lucky go through the same thing already. I, I was running through the dates. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, I think it was that Wednesday, August 16th, that he got his tightrope surgery, but I believe it was that week. And then he was dressed out for the UAB game on September 23rd, didn't play, traveled to Auburn, didn't play, and then played his first snaps against Kentucky. But, you know, Georgia's not traveling guys that are not 
more or less available. Again, not drawing a direct comparison between the two, but they play a similar position or they play the same position. They have similar builds. So I think that, you know, that's probably the timeline that if you're really trying to look into one that has happened, that's probably the one that you would want to draw the closest comparisons to. That said, I think I'm excited to see Lawson Lucky. I think that he's going to have to be asked to step up. And there was a lot of buzz about his name in the offseason and then the two weeks of preseason before he had that injury and in the scrimmage. So I think that seeing what he's able to do coming off of something similar to what Brock Bowers will be coming off of will uh, you know, be somewhat telling. Kip, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm still trying to, you know, imagine the fact that, uh, you know, the the last time that you, you saw Brock Bears catch a pass was in, in Athens was, was that Kentucky game. And, you know, uh, it's just one of those where you got to look back now and, and kind of uh, appreciate uh, what he did for this program the last three seasons. I mean, that was such a huge game, uh, him having, what, seven catches for 132 yards and a touchdown um, and, and really – reminding everyone that uh you know he's one of the best players in college football the last couple of years so i just hope for college football that uh you get a chance to see brock bauer suit up again uh you know before he heads off to nfl because i think everyone the, the sport's better for it and, and you know he's he's an incredible player to watch and uh, i'm sure Georgia's hoping the same Definitely, and you know that Brock is going to take this um, full force. And and do want to send uh, well wishes to him as he goes through this. He's always been really good to deal with from a media perspective and definitely fun to watch. Uh, so we're going to wrap up the episode right there. I appreciate Kip and Ben for popping on. Thanks to everyone who watched this live, everyone who is listening to this after the fact. If you haven't already, go to dogs247.com. Go subscribe there. Got all kinds of content regarding this injury. We'll have more things about it in the coming days going to talk to kirby smart on tuesday night have a chance to learn a little bit more see what he has to say about brock uh, also go to dogs 24 7 on youtube go subscribe there kirby smart press conferences these podcasts player interviews a lot of good stuff there so for kip adams and ben wolk i'm jordan hill until next time take care everyone